Hello and welcome to News Munch. You're looking to the world of weird. I'm Jay, I'll be your host today. Don't let Fraser take my role. And here are your weird news headlines. A teen with autism who won a lifetime supply of peanut butter gave it to unpaid workers in Virginia. A YouTuber has excavated his basement using nothing but remote control construction toys. New Zealand's parliament has sent its condolences to the Pacific island of Newer over Trevor the duck's death. Trevor was the only duck on the small island. A baby born in California is the first person to be named only with emojis. Her official name is Three Heart Eye Emojis Reiner. And finally, a Florida man thought he had stolen opioids but took laxatives instead. Those are your weird news headlines. I'm not the only one in the studio today. Joining me are Fraser. Hello. Brad. Hello. And Dylan. Hello. So if you haven't listened to the show before, here's how it works. Every week we come to the table with a weird story. We pitch it to everyone else, and at the end of the show, we come together and decide who has the weirdest story of the week. First up with their story is Fraser. Okie dokie. Um, has anyone ever loved an object? Like, what's the object you've loved most in life? This hosting role. I've got a, a ball that I bought in Orton Towers in 2004. I do like that ball. Do you still have it? Yeah, it annoys me when my nephew comes around and plays with it. I'm like, that's my ball. Don't you go near it. Brad, uh, Brad grew up a very poor child, for the record. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was so sad. <laughs> to to. It's actually the family ball. <laughs> um, Dylan. I mean, I feel like every kid grows up and you have, like, the teddy that you just forget about when you get older. But, like, yeah, yeah, I had a... I love my records a lot. Oh, I, I, sorry, scrap the ball. I had a stuffed snail that I called Snaily, and it was the pink snail from Blue's Clues, and I accidentally left it in a pub near a caravan park in Great Yarmouth once. My dad had to go back in the morning and get it. I had a, a hippo called I Fred. I you couldn't that... get any lower. <laughs> I had a hippo named Fred that I took on a flight with me to Egypt, and then I left it on Mercury Airlines, and mum and dad were like, don't worry, Dylan, he'll be flying with them forever. And then Mercury Airlines shut down the year after. <laughs> And I was like, oh. Do you mean Monarch Airlines? Monarch, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've Monarch, heard this story Monarch, before. <laughs> Monarch only went out of business last year, didn't <laughs> It's true. Wait. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Nanade. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. got duped. Yeah, we just, so, got, we just got finessed. Anyway, I've got quite a weird object I've got attached to. This, I almost don't want to admit this. I feel like this is going to be used against me. So when it, in 2003, a video game was released. That video game was called Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> And the um, the booklet that came with that game had a very specific smell that I enjoy a lot. <laughs> All right, okay, okay, you don't have you don't what? you don't have to rub it in, okay? I used to enjoy the smell of this notebook. Yeah. And um, once I lost that disc in that notebook um, in about 2014, I ordered um, another one of Amazon just so I could have the notebook to hold. And did it smell the same? Yeah. Is it just like um? No, you, all those you, notebooks I, smell the same. Can you describe it to me as someone who's nose blind uh, and I'm seeing a smell doesn't translate? It smells nice, so I smell it. That's generally how. <laughs> well, it yeah, but the work. same could apply for glue in you. But like, you know, can, can you describe the smell? Says you. I just think your sinus has got wide shut. That's actually. A very... Will a story ever turn up in this pitch? <laughs> yes. So anyway, I thought my thing was weird, but it turns out a German woman loves a plane. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well. She doesn't just love him. They're in a relationship. Um, her boyfriend is a plane she met at an airport five years ago. Her name is Michelle Kopke. She's from Berlin. She calls her partner, who is a 737-800 Boeing, Schatz. <laughs> she said she was first attracted to his wings, 
winglets, and thrusters. You dirty b- Michelle. I know what you're about. <laughs> did, did, um, was, do you know if Michelle had any like regular human relationships prior to... Um, was it Shats? Yes. So she had a relationship with a man um, in 2011, but there was no love there. Shats is her real love. Um, <laughs> she either... She, she calls it her darling and she sleeps with it every night, either with real components from the plane or a one to six scale model, which is about this big. So it's about the size of a full grown man, but it's made out of plastic and resembles a plane. So does she own the plane or does she just have to visit it? No, just just visits it, takes little bits and pieces. Yeah, How do the people that own the plane feel about knowing that well, like passengers their plane is having affairs with this woman? I don't think they care. Do you reckon that the plane... Like, I think they would, to be honest. Someone came to my car and said, I'm sorry, I'm just so in love with Eddie, that Eddie is actually the car's name, um, that I need to, you know, visit every now and then. I'd be quite annoyed. Uh, did you, do you reckon that, like, the woman, like, stands with tears in her eyes watching people board the plane and be like, you, it doesn't matter if you get with other people, I'll, I'll always love you the most. Do you reckon that, like, what's the intimacy sort of factor there, I guess? Actually, um... Now that you say it, then I find that rather insensitive because she says the biggest problem in the relationship is the long distance factor of <laughs> being in a relationship. That's true. It is a career that uh, takes him away. I apologize. So I think the next time you run your mouth, have a think about poor Michelle. I- I'm very sorry, Michelle. Keeps flying away for work. <laughs> long weekends away in other countries she for get, business she, trips. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she, it was a two-day stayover, was it? She gets enough, right? This is a quote from her. I get many pejorative comments like, I need to go to therapy or that I'm sick. But this is love and I've never been so happy. It's just her in a nightgown on the landing strip being like, so, late back again, right? Just hold, like, oh, poor girl. Um, so, yeah, intimacy is a big part of their relationship. I'm glad. Um, she wants to marry her sweetheart and live in a hangar together. Um, she says it's a special... <laughs> she says it's a special kind of love. And it doesn't hurt anyone, which is true. Her family are actually very supportive of it, which she was actually shocked by. But it's nice to know your family's got your back. Can I ask about the hangar? Like, I get how that fulfills a plane's needs because it's a plane. Yeah. But, like, how does she live in a hangar? She's big enough, Jay. She'll live inside him or live on the wings or whatever. I assume it would be like when um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, when he builds the house inside the factory. Yeah, is that what happens in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? In the remake. Yeah. Spoilers for Charles, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, just can't move into a factory. It's just not Madman. Yeah. That that film is just poverty all over. It's the saddest That was my childhood. <laughs> Your Charlie Bucket. Yeah. Yeah, but, that makes complete sense, actually. But the golden ticket wasn't the golden ticket. <laughs> it was a slip to actually get free school dinners. <laughs> <laughs> what? Please go on. This is my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's... does anyone else think Fraser plays the poverty card way too much? Very often, I think you're using your applications. Aren't He's allowed you? to. I yeah, just because I... you do the same thing, Brad. I grew up in <laughs> what many describe as quite adverse poverty. Anyway, not only does Shatz the plane fulfil all her um, emotional needs, but it also fulfils all her. Um, um, Shatz also fulfils all her physical needs. Um, she was at first attracted to his looks, 
Shatz is so nice and I love his aerodynamics and his and his appearance, especially his wings and his support surface. I love it. I was first attracted to his wings and winglets. Every type of aircraft looks a bit different and my darling is the most updated version. My love is not easy because I only meet him if I fly with my 73780. Oh. So does she only love him because he's the new thing on the block? Yeah, she's quite shadow. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I reckon yeah. leave, her, leave her alone with a Gulfstream for... um. That's a private jet, by the way. Leave away of a uh, Gulfstream G6. Fraser, man of poverty. <laughs> many private jet names. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fraser, poor kid from the ghetto. This is to rap music to to escape his reality. So are these the only two relationships in her life? The the guy and the plane. Yes. Is there like a a bridging point with like a car or like? No, no. She just went full plane. Okay. You so know. Does she take from specific airlines, or is it like? Or no, is it... just shats. Okay, so there's not a chance that she has that, uh, you know, Monarch no. Airlines. Oh. No, no, she's not used that in a kinky sex game, Dylan. I'm sorry, you can sleep safely tonight. Freddie, for, if you're for out Michelle, there. love is enriched with monogamy, especially if it's a big old plane. That's your time, Fraser. Thanks for your story. So next up, we have Dylan. All right, guys, so following on from Fraser's tale of true love, I figure it's in good taste now to play a dating game, you know? So, well, so let me set the scene, guys. Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, invites you for a meal. You are Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, and have heard rumors about Facebook to potentially buying other social media outlets to form a conglomerate. You have three options. Do you accept his invitation? Do you decline politely? Or do you ask him over the phone if he's a robot? I'm gonna decline. I feel like we've been here before as a show. <laughs> In an abstract sense. <laughs> See... See, uh, all right, so Mark flatly, both in emotion and in words, denies. You hear whirring in the background, he hangs up. And later that night, you are abducted by faceless figures and brought to dinner regardless. You are hitting the bad path. So next scene, when you Worst are... Worst possible timeline. Worst possible timeline right now, Fraser. You're, you're sitting the group down a bad road. When, he, when you arrive, it's a bit awkward at first. But slowly but surely, you and Mark hit it off quite well. He asks you what you want to talk about. So you have three questions here. What's for dinner, Mark? How's your sex life, Mark? And does your wife know about your synthetic skin suit or is that something she hasn't become aware of yet? I want to ask him about his dinner because I think you would have put the least effort into that. Of course you do. <laughs> Where's the option to throw my <laughs> out of a window and get stuck? Not here. This is oh. railroad. So... Uh, Let's hear uh, the Zucks dinner. Are we? Are we going to? Yeah, we, we, we we know Dylan. <laughs> What's his food? <laughs> all right, fine. I actually put a lot of effort. No, actually, no. We'll let you go on because I appreciate the effort you put in. The option you want us to choose, we select that. Does your wife know about your synthetic skin serums? That's something she hasn't become aware of yet. Mark becomes twitchy and upset, leading him to storm out. <laughs> You feel a sharp object stab you in the neck and pass out, coming to in the streets of LA. Facebook ends up taking control over all social media organizations, including your own, Twitter, and seceding from the United States as its own independent nation. Facetopia is hostile to all, controlling their borders with harsh rigidity, with their most wanted person on their list being one Jack Dorsey. I gotta be honest. You flee and retreat into hiding. Bad ending. <laughs> so, so what we're honest. saying is that, that Twitter doesn't exist. Is no. that your story? No. Uh, <laughs> Bandersnatch season two has got a much lower budget. I invented Bandersnatch. <laughs> in an abstract. Now, what? In a, in a way, 
you didn't you you did telegraph it in terms of broadcast. Yeah. But also it wasn't user interactive, so you're wrong. Charlie Brooker, where's my check? Would you like to take it from he the other like news match kind of guy? Yes, David, I would like to continue with your pitch. I'm sorry. I mean this different... is basically ripped from the mind of Charlie Brooker this show, so if anything. Would you like to choose one of the other two questions? So what's for dinner, Mark, or how's your sex life? I'll go with how's your sex life, Mark, as a reference to the room, I imagine. Mark doesn't understand the question. You have two other options. You insist to know more, or you change the topic, asking a different question. Still want to find out the dinner. Yeah, come on, let's give Brad his... You change the topic, <laughs> ask you for a different question. Mark, gleefully as possible, when you're asking about what's for dinner, for, informs you that the dinner is something he prepared himself, and that he hopes you enjoy it. You two hear his wife call that the dinner is ready in that exact moment, and you go off to a meal. Is this real? Facebook, bo- Facebook boss Mark Zuckerberg once what, is offered... It, is this real that there are multiple timelines going on right now? <laughs> Facebook boss Mark Zuckerberg once offered Twitter counterpart Jack Dorsey a cold goat he had killed himself for dinner, it had been claimed. Oh, oh no. By Jack Dorsey himself. I, I, oh, fair enough. I did not think that was the way the story was going Almost go. lost me there. <laughs> Recalling a bizarre meal between the two social network leaders, Mr. Dorsey said that Mr. Zuckerberg used some form of laser or stun gun and a knife to kill the animal. He did not perform the ritual in front of his confirmed, not halal. (laughs) Not halal. Sorry, guys. Haram goat, actually. Very haram. He did not perform the ritual in front of his guest, but at the time he was... Oh, going to doubled up for entertainment. (laughs) I was scored high on come down. I really wished he did, just so I could write that into the dating sim. At the time, Mark Zuckerberg was committed to going through an entire year e- only eating what he had killed himself. <laughs> in, just, in, the, in the dark days and he can't be asked to get out, he's just running around the room trying to clap to get some flies. <laughs> in, the, in an interview with Rolling Stone, Mr. Dorsey, 42, said he made goat for me for dinner. He had killed the goat. I guess he kills it. He kills it with a laser gun and then the knife and then they send it to the butcher. When asked to clarify the laser gun, the CEO added, I-, I don't know, a stun gun. They stun it and then he knifed it and then they send it to the butcher, man. He seems incredible. In that voice? <laughs> yeah, because you make it sound like he, he misspoke and Zuckerberg had the laser like the gun la- pointed at his head. <laughs> the red dot. The, the red dot's on the forehead. <laughs> There's a real fear in the subtext of these quotes. <laughs> there is a real fear. Pentagrams up everywhere. So, like, uh, Mr. Dorsey, he's estimated uh, he's estimated to be worth 49, 4. 9 billion in dollars. Admitted that he uh, didn't fancy the meat very much, only ate the salad, which I feel is a very rude gesture. Uh, Jack Dorsey made sure to say that, that it remained a memorable encounter and praised Mr. Zuckerberg as a very, very smart businessman. So I feel like, on that tone, I want to take you for a quick tour of other CEOs who are absolutely certifiably insane. Oh, well, okay. We, I like where this is going. Can we talk about MySpace Tom? Is MySpace Tom being talked about? No. Yeah, just like real life. <laughs> so, which do you guys want to do first? Whole Foods or McAfee Software? McAfee. McAfee. All right. Is this, so, is this John McAfee? This is John McAfee, a brief overview of the most insane and coolest man on the planet. He's famous for the software that bears his name, McAfee Antivirus. Uh, it's re- very much re- renowned for being quite bigger memory space taking it's like one of the softwares that people want to uninstall on their windows things so after it became huge mcafee did what any of us would do in the situation he packed up his stuff moved to belize unfortunately hunkering down in the massive compound in the jungle leads most right-thinking folks to assume you're up to no good in early 2012 dozens of officers and soldiers raided his jungle property apparently the police thought he was cooking meth what did you think he was what did you think he'd be doing guys 
I think that's Cookie fairly meth. justifiable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you fled to Belize after getting a lot of money on the tech biz. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but, like, just... John McAfee is a meth cook. Like, come on. Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. No, yeah, of course. You know, you know when they searched the compound, it was only a dozen guns and loads of lab equipment. Nothing about this is meth lab. It's uh, actually all legal and registered guns, and the lab was used for herbal compounds. Oh, yes. So he was back in the jungle 14 hours after custody. Imagine a rich man trying to bribe the legal system of a very poor country. <laughs> What then, is the uh, world coming to? You know, he was back on the jungle streets. Uh, then uh, the near after, his American expat neighbor turned up dead with a gunshot wound to the head. I did know that. I did know John McAfee had murdered people. So he ran away when the police started looking for him again to Guatemala, was immediately arrested on charges. He was trying to enter the country illegally. So he faked a heart attack in detention to buy more time. Power move, power play, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Because... <laughs> I don't know what John McAfee looks like, but in my head, I'm picturing Danny DeVito doing all of these things. <laughs> he looks a bit like Steve Martin. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, the, what? the guy who was in Pink Panther. Oh. Yeah, no, he looks closer to that, yeah. Oh, so he looks like Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but with a beard. Um, so, you know, then uh, Guatemalan officials decided to just let him go out of Miami instead of putting up with his, like, his own stuff anymore. But McAfee claims that the entire time that... Uh, <laughs> The U.S. was running a secret operation out of the South American jungle, spying on the Belize government. He then purchased 75 laptops, hacked them with surveillance software, distributed them to powerful government officials, hired a spy ring of 29 operatives, and wiretapped everyone's foes. Aside from sexual affairs that covered up murders, he found evidence of a Hezbollah trafficking network, moving 11 mm. terrorists to America every month. Information apparently gleaned by his undercover agents. I want to specify that not a single thing I've said here is a joke or a misrepresentation. That is John McAfee. That is true. I so, need to go home and uninstall some stuff from my laptop. <laughs> That's why I use Norton. <laughs> so, guys, uh, just to wrap this up, um, I want to get your uh, I want to get your thoughts on what do you think is more terrifying? I want to have this sort of like big titans of software battle where we have the eccentric, insane John McAfee, say hypothetically, in a fist fight with our robotic overlord Mark Zuckerberg. Who would you think is weirder on first impression and then after hearing about some of this stuff? Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I'm back in MySpace, Tom. No, I'll leave Jeff Bezos alone, man. He's just He has to pay half of his <laughs> oh, fortune in, in alimony. Should have signed the prenup, fella. Fraser, seeing as you're the only one who's like not decided, I want to get your thoughts between us. Soldier two. boy. <laughs> He's a crazy CEO. Thanks for your story, Dylan. <laughs> no problem, Jay. We have a bit of time left in the show and Brad has been to a nature reserve to cover the unlikely story of a bear adopting a child for a couple of days. So, Brad, what did you find? Quiet! Court is in session. What the... I embarrassed to Brad and today we're taking on the case of two negligent parents who abandoned their children to the elements. For the sake of privacy as we're recording this live, we will be referring to them as Mr and Mrs... Um, bad parents. Now, now, come on, that hardly seems fair. I'll be the judge of that, literally. Brad, what the hell are you doing? Listen, Jay, this is my one shot doing my dream job, so please let me have this, okay? Now, Mr. Bad Parent, you admit that your child was missing for two days, correct? Y yeah, he was. That's right. And, and we were just worried sick the entire time, weren't we, honey? We had him return by the grace of God. Who are you to judge? Let me guess. You two are the type of anti-vaccine people who don't look after their children properly, right? What? That's crazy, and... Actually, quite offensive. Yeah, and I bet you're from middle America too. Depends on how you look at North Carolina, but but that's massively unprecedented in a court of law. Oh, oh, sh yeah. 
Mr. Bad Parent, you say that your child went missing after playing on his own? He was actually at his grandma's house, the poor dear. She probably didn't even know he was gone until it was too late. Oh, so you're claiming the grandma has responsibility over this incident. How old is the grandma? She's 79, but it's not her fault. She's just getting a bit long in the tooth now, hardly knows up from down. And yet you still left her in charge of your child. How irresponsible can you be? Just hear us out, please. I've heard enough. Calling to the stand, my next witness, Barry. <laughs> that, that, that's a bear, come on now. This is ridiculous, he can't talk. Order! This isn't just any bear. This is the bear that looked after your child who showed more care and responsibility in two days than you did in three whole years. I agree completely. This is an absurd situation. This never should have happened in the first place to be so negligent to a child. Now, Barry, what can you tell me about the incident? Now, 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 now that's a stupid thing to say. What? You can understand him too? Yeah, I, I, was, a, I was a ranger for a little while, honey. Uh, don't you remember that? He's saying that he was leading our child to the army barracks so it'd be easier to find our boy. Order! I will not have disruptions in my courtroom. Brad, this is a studio. Doesn't matter. Barry, what were your intentions in trying to get the child to the army barracks? <coughs> okay, you had no intention of eating the child and thought that not only was it the right thing to do, but also that it would help change the perception of bears in the public view. <coughs> That's a yes. I've made my decision. I hereby decide to revoke custody from the parents and make you, Barry, the legal guardian of the child. How will he provide for that child? He can't even work a job. That's something he has shown he can figure out. And you've had your chance to be a present parent and you failed. Please leave. Court is now out of session. Tried so hard this is this ridiculous. Child. The American justice system is failing our So is the bear just going to stay here or... <laughs> You're listening to News Munch on CSR. We've already heard Fraser and Dylan with their stories. Next up is me. Right, so bullying is the topic I want to tackle this week. And we know that, like, bullying is a big issue. You see it in You news. sound so passionate about this I, issue. Well, no, he sounds hurt about it. It is. It's we all bullying bullying is a topic close to my heart. Fraser, Once again, no emotion in the voice. Fraser regularly bullies. It's because it's been stripped away. I've lost it all. Oh, yeah. Um, Fraser regularly bullies me. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> and I'm a survivor. Um, but we see it everywhere. News, entertainment, news all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when you're getting bullied, there are a few bits of common advice. You know, some people say, ignore the bullies. Yep. Sometimes that doesn't work, though, because, you know, they're not looking for attention. They're just actually looking to pick on you. So then that can't work. So then maybe they say, oh, you know, fight back. But sometimes bullies can be bigger than you. You can't always fight back. Fight smart, bring a blade. <laughs> so instead of resorting to it's murder... It's bad advice, kids. It's bad <laughs> advice. We don't need to go that far. Instead, what we could do is uh, hire thugs to sort the bullies out for us. Oh, yes. That well-known <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Clever, don't get your own hands dirty. Exactly. Got shooters and on the this board. is something that's being done in South Korea at this <laughs> very moment. Of course it is. So, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't. I was not going to pick South Korea. I was thinking instantly America, Mexico, Venezuela. Nah, Korea. Korea got it sorted. Um, so, well, bullying is a big problem universally. Maybe even bigger in South Korea. It's generally ignored by adults, and a lot of people in the school system find a lot of trouble. Suicide is like the most common killer of people between fifteen and twenty-four. 
in Korea. So it's oh, it's no. quite a big problem, and that's like generally seen to be a cause of bullying. So parents worry for their children, and that's where the uncle program comes in. Fraser, new career path for you. Here we go. <laughs> so let's hear more about what, it. Beating up small Korean children yep. for money. Yeah, you get paid now to do it. <laughs> well, they say if you're good enough at something, one day you'll make a living out of it. And I tell you what, it's a hell of a living as well. Really? Because multiple companies are taking this on board, apparently, and you can make bank, right? A basic uncle program, that costs you about 400 to $450 per day. Um, oh, Christ. So, you know, if you wanted to join... Wait, like this, US dollars? Yeah, so I've, I've converted it for you to make it easier. Oh, thanks for converting it to, to dollars. To yeah. dollars, the yeah. Pa- the pound's awful at the moment. I'm <laughs> using a better currency. The service... Yeah, because you definitely converted it from the South Korean <laughs> oh, yeah. currency I to dollars. I didn't see this straight from an article. I converted it with my math skills. <laughs> if you wanted to be one of these uncles, Fraser, rather yeah. than having a sibling with a child, <laughs> what you could do is you could become, you know, a bit rough-looking, you know, hit the gym a bit more, get muscular, you know, you pat yourself up. It's me, it's Korean kids. <laughs> okay, fine. Also, you'd need, probably need to be about 10, 15 years older. But then you could be an uncle. I and... am an uncle. Oh, that's nice. Congratulations. But not one of these uncles. <laughs> what you do in this uncle program is you walk the kid to and from school and you basically ward off the bullies. You go up to the bullies and say, hey, don't bully this kid. Otherwise, there'll be problems. I do you like actually this. get to hit the kids? Or is this just like, because I'm assuming the South Korea government's not going to be like, yeah, beat kids. And I, I'm, I'm guessing like, this isn't it's, that. It, let's put it this way. It's not the most legal of things. Oh, so this isn't like... But it's a, kind of like a loophole. Um, I mean, out of all the things pretend uncles do, hitting kids is probably the least heinous. <laughs> it's definitely the <laughs> least heinous. <laughs> Um, no. Okay, yeah, if that okay, you know it's it seems like a bit of a uncivilized solution, but we also have a uh, a thinking man's uncle solution, uh, and that package is called the evidence package. And um, oh, I like this. It comes in a bit cheaper as well. It uh, three hundred and fifty dollars, and you know, great value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem that comes with that is that y- your child will have to get beat up, but. You know, you get what you pay for. So if you don't want to be a cheapskate, then don't do this. But it has, you know, it's upside. It's it's less uh, crass. It's it's more brass. More brass. Yeah, more. I've si- seen a way for parents to save money here. Exactly. More beat civilized. up their own kids with discounted <laughs> rate. Well, if they did that, they wouldn't enjoy the benefits of the evidence scheme Ooh, because what the oh. what the evidence uncle does is he records the bullying taking place somehow. I don't understand how oh. he gets into the school <laughs> so grounds like... or whatever, but he does. He records the bullying taking place and then he shows it to teachers and then blackmails them to solve the issue or he'll show it to the school board. So as Fraser was saying earlier, a Danny DeVito sort of figure in the bushes with the camera. No, 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 no. I do not want to picture a Danny DeVito looking <laughs> character in the bushes looking at a kid's play in the playground with his camera oh, phone yeah, out. Playing if it's, it's for yeah. a righteous cause here. Get your mind out the gutter. I like I like to think of that as like a more like political thriller route to this bullying solution. I think a Taylor soldier spy route, yeah. Exactly, but you know, isn't couldn't this just be a massive scam? It could be, but uh, what if you miss your payments to the, the uncles beat up the kids? Many, Joda, it's yeah, Joda. Surely the evidence person would just like, hey, kids, want to earn like seventy five bucks? Like, beat up these kids, and I'll film you. 
and then like I'll pretend to take the evidence to the parents, and then I keep the two seventy five for myself. I think that's the kind of thing that would you know it's always a risk, but you know many parents are actually getting on board with this now, and it's it's getting a bit of traction and support is actually a, quite a good thing. Uh, I'll give you a third option. If you're a big spender, then oh, do I have the package for you? <laughs> pay pay to have the kids killed. <laughs> <laughs> the gold standard. <laughs> It'll cost you $1,800. Oh, nobody, nobody loves their kids that much. Your regular, day, right? No, no uh, well, we'll get there. <laughs> but the uncle does get upgraded to the role of chaperone. It's the chaperone yes! package. Now, I'll be honest, I don't really understand why it's called chaperone, because let me describe oh. you what the chaperone package is. The uncle goes to the workplace of the parents of the bully and pickets outside shouting, a parent of a bully works here. <laughs> so that could be that could be any one of the parents, right? And but while it is pricey, you know, it's good value for money because he will do that up to four times. That is, it's like the episode of Simpsons where George W. Bush holds up the sign and just says two bad neighbors," while Homer's like throwing bricks through his window. That's an awful plan. That wouldn't get me to do anything. It doesn't. It's not the greatest of plan. I'll admit that. Uh, but you know, those are the only like the face That's value. The most expensive one. Yeah, but you know, four times. This is definitely a scam. you pay. You pay for four days of the basic uncle program. It's a, a similar kind of price. But um, is and there also, quite wait. a lot of big industries in South Korea. <laughs> yeah. well, what they do you don't... mean? <laughs> like big buildings where up to twenty thousand people work. Yeah, they could be working on the sixty-fifth floor of a skyscraper. Inside. Again, imagine I don't think this it's guy goes outside. Like, this guy goes outside and shouts, uh, "The father of a bully works here," or something like that, or a mother of a bully. South Korea is relatively progressive. Women give birth to, and then like fifty, like. 50 people come outside and they're just like, oh, we're so sorry. It just seems ineffective. Don't get me wrong. This is flawed, but it those are the only only the face value plans that they give out because uh, sometimes you can make deviations from it. I'll share a story. <laughs> I could create your own waffle at Creams. I'll tell it from the perspective of a bully, oh, right? No. Best timeline. So, <laughs> so um, imagine a kid snitches on you, right, for having cigarettes. You Damn deal you with Fraser. him. Fraser. You deal with him. You beat him up. You know, he had what was coming to him. Then a few years later, or a few evenings later, apologies, you, uh, you're you in a late night maths class because despite being a bully, Way you know, stereotype. you're not going to let your grades slip. This is just what happened. I'm telling a story, Fraser. That's you stereotyping, not me. So you get a call from this punk who you beat up. He's like, yo, come meet me in this empty park. And you're like, clearly he hasn't learned his lesson. And it's an uncle. Yeah, you go there thinking you're going to beat up this kid and then suddenly you're surrounded by a group of uncles who make you kneel and beg and apologise. And then, also, the next morning, the parents of this bullied kid sue you for $330,000. So what was an expensive programme ends up paying for itself. It's a scam. (laughs) You look so proud of yourself, like... Do you run the uncle scheme, Jay? Well, no, the Is reason, this an advert? The reason why I like no, this Jay so much... just wants to introduce it to England, like, payback. <laughs> the reason why I like this so much is because, like, there are claims that these uncle programs might be linked to underground gangs. And Well, that's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I think it's a genius way for these gangs to, like, clean up their money and go legitimate. By because it's an, up children. Yeah, we, we want gangs to launder their money through legitimate businesses. Getting, yeah? getting not... young children on their knees in the park whilst a group of 12 beg, kids around them. Beg, kid. Avoid your math studies. But they're helping the kids. They're helping Dylan, that's stereotype. <laughs> I'm not... Oh, my God. They're helping out bullied kids at the end of the day. So, you know, net good. 
I mean, it's giving more money to violent drug dealers and triads. Which would probably be fathers of kids who, because of abandonment issues, will end up being bullies. Vicious cycle continues. <sighs> See you need, Phil a need. <laughs> that, that's, that's my story. Thanks, Thank Jay. you, Jay. That was weird. Wow. Yeah. And last up with their story is Brad. Thank you very much, Jay. Um, so, guys, what was your favourite toy growing up? I feel like Fraser already we asked just had that this question. question yeah. No, that's a, that's a precious object. I mean, when you were growing up, you were running around in the streets or running around with your brothers at home or not doing that. What was your favourite toy growing up? Clock. <laughs> <laughs> what, clock, Dylan. Yes, it is good to keep track of time. What about you, Jay? Uh, I quite liked playing with Connects. Do you remember those? Keep that in mind, Jay. Okay, what's your favourite toy? Um, a 2003 manual from the video <laughs> game. <laughs> Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. There's a quote from Fraser. I, I admit, I admit, we uh, didn't grow up with much, but we appreciated it. So, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, has anybody heard of Buckyballs? No. Okay, so Buckyballs, it's, it's a toy that's a big trend at the moment. And basically, they're like little magnetic ball bearings that you get like a hundred of, and you use them to create little sculptures. And they're a bit like the connects of the 21st century. Um, and they were originally used in uh, scientific labs to make models of, like, um, components of... What science. What? Components of science, you know? Yeah, sure, it's the stuff, you know? And, and, you know... Yeah, on the periodic table that I learned from, there was a specific square for buckyballs. Yeah. It's BB. No, these buck. Yeah, they're, they're super popular at the moment. Kids love them. Um, a lot of people call it the connects of the 21st century, even. You know. Do they? Yeah, a lot of people. You're pushing um, this a lot and I don't like it. <laughs> is this another advertisement? No, no, it, it's like very popular at the moment. You see it a lot in adverts. Introducing um, like our the, new sponsor, Buckyball. <laughs> the oddly satisfying sections of like somewhat certain websites. You see Buckyballs all over the place. Yeah, but they. that's where fidget spinners started. <laughs> yeah, and fidget cubes. Well, they're getting big. Um, so that those are Buckyballs. They help my anxiety. Is that it? What? Is that your story? Oh, no. Some, uh, the kid in China shoved 29 of them up his penis. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's case open, case closed there. <laughs> Thanks for your story, Brett. <laughs> so, so there's a cool new toy. Chinese kid rams it up his wild-eyed monster. Mum, can I get one, please? <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, so I, is that going to be on the next ad? I do need to just like uh, you could fit twenty nine up there. I do just need to correct myself. What's your record? I just do need to correct myself. Uh, thirty nine, not twenty nine. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, oh, what? How big are they, Brad? Yeah, I um, mean to be fair, no one was going. Oh yeah, twenty nine's easy, but <laughs> poor effort. Ooh, Brad, like to see the Lego bricks I could pack during the day. This kid's an amateur. Kids are there too soft. You know. What? <laughs> They're roughly like uh, three millimetres across, so they're very small. Three okay. millimetres um, across. So they're like proper ball bearings. They're proper ball bearings, but they're magnetic rather, oh. rather than normal ball bearings. So, so they stick together. Okay, um, so did he do oh. it like did he do it in like a line, like a string, or just like randomly going in? Well, I um, imagine it's assisted by the magnetism. So the, yeah, the, so I'm thinking the this boy, makes it easier, right? Why, boy, why am I thinking about this so much? <laughs> the boy will remain unnamed for obvious reasons. Brad Gray. Um, he's young. Um, but he went to the doctor in the Chinese Hubei province, um, and he said, um, uh, "Mr. Doctor, I've unfortunately eaten some ball bearings. Can can you take a look?" <laughs> he said he ate them. Yeah, he ate them. <laughs> oh, wait, how did it end up there then? And the doctor kind of just uh, looked at him. I ate fifteen point six centimeters of ball bearings, and now they're in my penis. Can you help? <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor kind of looked at him and went, like, "Dude." You know, with doctors, I'm like it's a whole thing to like look at bodies and understand them. And he just kind of like, I'm sorry, I, I stuck them up there. <laughs> I made a penis shame. I'm sorry. Um, and and apparently he put them up there out of curiosity. 
As you do. As you do. Maybe he put one in and he thought, wait, they're magnetic. <laughs> I can get it out. I can use the other one to get it out. And he just kept going and going. <laughs> <laughs> so to get him out, and a lot of people was like, well, it seems very easy to get them out. Just get a very strong magnet and pull it out. Because like, that's, oh. how, that's how oh. we were always told when you're in school, that's how they get iron filings oh. out if they go behind your eye. The big magnet just pulls them straight out. The problem is these magnets are too strong, the um, oh, buckyballs, so that if you did put a massive magnet there, it would just rip it out. It wouldn't go through the, the lining of the urethra. It would just come out straight. I'm going to speak for the rest of the hosts, and we've all got a phantom pain right there, right now, haven't we? I mean, yours is especially phantom, but yes. Cheers. <laughs> 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 Um, so because um, also because there was 39 of them up there, um, it had formed a U shape around the urinary tract. So oh my it, god! It was no longer in a straight line. It was now curved Wait. round. Oh, so what, does that mean that if he peed? Well, he couldn't pee. So like, okay, it was so completely broke blocked up. Pee pee machine broke. Have a nice day. <laughs> Um, so you know, thankfully, um, they've now fixed the situation. There was a small minor invasive surgery, and he can now urinate. And also circumcised at the same time. Any two in one. Any surgery de- described as um, invasive doesn't sound that small to yeah, me. You can put minor in front of it. Invasive is a buzzword. <laughs> it's going to ruin a, your day. It's a big word. Um, these balls actually become a problem in the past. They've been banned in America for two years um, because there was a trend where people would use them as like fake piercings. They'd put like one on the inside of the cheek and one on the outside of the cheek so that it would look like a, a piercing. Um, but then they would just swallow them. And then they'd get stuck in the intestines and then they'd, they'd cause bother. And it actually happened in Hull. Um, where a doctor had, would like, was, had to make a public announcement to the press and be like, guys, can we stop eating these bloody magnet balls? Because three people in one day came in and said, I'm sorry, I've, I've eaten a magnet and it's a bit of a problem. Uh, if you would indulge me, I'd like to play Quick Fire Links, um, where we're going to first start with a link between uh, metal ball bearings in a penis to something else metal in a penis. Um, this is like word association then? Yeah. So I'd just say anything? No, no, I've got a story for you. Oh, okay. Um, a doctor in Canberra have removed a, tw- a 10 centimetre fork from the cock of a 70-year-old. Um, it was actually um, inserted the other way round than you would oh, think. Oh, not the prongs. Okay, no. creative. <laughs> and um, sickening. Now why, would you, why would you assume they went prongs first? Smaller. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but less sharper. Um, it's pretty obvious why he did it. You know, wanted to get a race weird. out of it. Yeah, weird. Uh, he wanted to get a race out of it, but uh, just to note, don't do it. Um, it took him 12 hours of hot, uh, surgery, which he had to be awake for due to his heart condition, uh, to be removed. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so staying in the Southern Hemisphere, that was in Canberra. We're going to New Zealand, uh, where last year a two-foot live eel was removed from a man's ass. Dylan is cowering in fear in the corner. Right, your story is making me feel really sick to my stomach. Well, that's great because, you know, we're going to stick with stomachs. Um, <laughs> no, actually, we're going to stick with eels. Um, so in 2013... <laughs> yeah, great hosting, like. yeah. In 2013... Sure. Uh, Jay would have nailed that one. Zhang Nan was bathing with live eels as part of a beauty therapy in London spas, which still happens to this day. Um, and one went for a swim up his penis. Um, uh, here are his own words, which I think are brilliant. Um, I... Help! <laughs> Ah, it's gone up and it won't come back out. Um, I felt a severe pain and uh, realised a small eel had gone into the end of my penis. I tried to hold it and take it out, but the eel was too slippery. <laughs> and so he couldn't he couldn't grab it and it oh, disappeared no. up my penis. Um, and we're going to end it on a slightly nicer note. Um, please, please. So we're going to talk about disappearing penises. Um, 
I hate um, it when that happens. Adam Curly Kale, who is uh, 32 from Russia, um, he's 90% covered in black tattoo ink uh, as part of an art project he did in himself. Um, he had his genitals removed because they were kind of cramping his style and not fitting with the rest <laughs> of his look. So um, he went full Kendall. Yeah, he also um, had his nipples removed as well. Thanks, he's still red. No worries, Joe. Thank you. You know, we really don't make any money from doing the show, so we don't exactly have high standards when it comes to sponsors. We'll take almost anything. With that in mind, we have a word from our new sponsors, the North Korea Tourism Bureau. North Korea. There's a lot of misinformation spread about what it's like here, and I want to set the record straight. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea is not horrific, or invasive, or run by a lunatic. In reality, this is one of the most beautiful tourist destinations in the world. From as early as March, you can feel the sand between your toes at our new 5km wide beach resort. You can stay at our luxury villas, or even our pyramid-shaped hotel. And unlike the pathetically constructed Egyptian pyramids, it didn't take years to complete. We only started building in January. What can I say? The work ethic of our people is unparalleled. So sit back with a cocktail in your hand and relax like us North Koreans don't know how to do. Delicious. But that's looking to the future. Let's talk about what's available right now. Come splash around in our world-famous water park in Pyongyang. Not only are there attractions aplenty, but you can also get your picture taken with a life-size statue of Kim Jong-il that lives there. It'll be a nice chance to take out your camera, since it will be confiscated in almost every other situation. Click. But if that doesn't quite do it for you, then come see the real thing. That's right, the preserved body of our late great leader can be seen through a glass tomb at the Palace of the Sun. It's one of the many must-sees in the country, and if you're worrying that you won't be able to see all the sights, then have no fear because we'll provide you with a complimentary tour guide. They'll show you around and won't let you out of their sight. After all, we wouldn't want you wandering too far, or at all. Who knows what could happen to you? <laughs> North Korea, it's a wonderful place to visit, but don't take it from me. Take it from these 100% real people who enjoyed the wonders that North Korea has to offer. It is impossible to find a better holiday destination than North Korea. I have seen no evidence of people starving. I feel safe, like someone is always watching over me. <laughs> Read the cue card. Sorry, I can't. Do you want to see your husband again? This holiday has been so much fun. Can I stay forever? So come see what this great nation has to offer. And like we say here in North Korea, King Jong-un is the greatest supreme leader to have ever lived. Goodbye. You're listening to News Munch on CSR. We've all pitched our stories now. So all that's left to do is decide who has the best story of the week. Fraser, tell us about your story. Okay, so a German woman has decided that she is madly in love with an aeroplane and likes to sleep with aeroplane parts and a life and a um, model replica aeroplane after her relationships with real people didn't work out. 
So I, I've actually watched a documentary about this before. Um, not well, specifically about not this specific like... case, but it was about a woman um, who fell in love with fences, um, and also another woman who fell in love with roller coasters. Object Fidiax. Something like known. that. Uh, that, that yeah, is exactly what they're known. You didn't just make that up on the no. bounce. Object. Oh, okay, fair play. Um, so. I don't find it too weird that this happened, but I do love that she's very in love with one specific plane yes. and that she is fully monogamous. You know what makes it weird? Go is on. that these Fruit Loops are normally like, oh, I've always been into roller coasters or, oh, our relationship is perfect. That I sit on him and then, you know, whatever. This woman is admitting to having long-distance relationship troubles with a plane, <laughs> which by itself seems like an inherent problem we're always going to have with a plane. Yeah. yeah, but that's why it makes sense as a complaint. I think she's perfectly... Like, if she's in love with this plane, it makes sense that she's complaining about the long-distance troubles. I imagine her sat at the airport watching the plane go away when, who is it, Christina Aguilera or Gwen Stefani? That song plays, I'm like a bird, I suddenly fly away. Wasn't that Nelly Furtado? Yeah, whoever. She sat there there with a little German tear coming down her eye. (laughs) The German flag. A question I want to ask is... Go on. Is it weirder... If the woman is making it up or is legitimately in love with the plane. Surely legitimately, right? It's weirder that it's, it's legitimate. Weirder yeah. It's legitimate. yeah. I'm sure it is legitimate because I know this exists. There is a f- there's, a, there's another film about it called Crash. But that's what I mean. It That that makes not, sense not because the they, there is legitimate, there is yeah, legitimate the, love. And yeah. but then if you're making it up, then you have no reason to make it up. No, because everyone so wants their five weird? minutes of fame. Well, I mean, like, I don't feel like it's a five minutes of faith thing. It's quite a like well documented sort of case. Like there's been kind of pervasive for our media. There's a very formative movie from our childhood about this thing called uh, the Iron Giant. <laughs> so I mean, like, whoa, 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 that's whoa. her words. Don't bring, in the... don't bring kids into this. Yeah, come on. This is All right, fair, fair, fair. Um, that's the point, though. When did she realize? How young was she? That's the thing. Like the weirdness. She's comes in her thirties. From... She's not. A, she's not. No, but when did she realize? The weirdness when did come comes out? from twenty thirteen. Like... Reckon when oh. she was on a flight. Yeah, her first yeah. flight on him. Oh, it's kind of cute. So, like, Fraser, do you think that the weirdness of this kind of derives from the specificity of, like, these sort of cases? Um, Because, like, obviously we all have some kind of idea of something like this, but what, like, makes this... I think it comes from the character behind it, you know? Anyone can claim to love something, but it's when she speaks about their relationship as if it's a real relationship, it becomes weird. Like, yes... We intimate. I sleep with working mechanical parts from an aeroplane, or we have long distance issues, or my family are accepting of it. Then it gets weird because it's like, oh, you actually mean this? You don't just like love something for no reason. So do you think she's a strange person then? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. He did reference her as a Fruit Loop very recently. Fair point. That's Fruit Loop. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, do you think Mark Zuckerberg is a Fruit Loop? Explain your story. My story is. Uh... Or, or everything stripped aside, my story is Mark Zuckerberg hunts and kills his own food and po- puts on awkward dinners with uh, his rivals in the tech industry. Mark Zuckerberg is a Fruit Loop, but not in the sense of uh, Michelle. Mark Zuckerberg is much more Fruit Loop in the sense of uh, he's just incapable of doing human interaction, but I think he's in a position where he's in charge of how we interact. I do find it interesting that in the um, 2008, no, 2010 film, The Social Network, about Mark Zuckerberg. Um, it's a great film. Great it's film. a great film. We all like it. I've um, seen it. It's good. You'd, you'd like it. I will lend you the, D- I will lend you the VHS. Um, and then there is, there is a whole... I like that you corrected only yourself have to downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole uh, storyline about um, his business partner um, feeding a chicken chicken. Um, Eduardo Saffron. 
Yeah, exactly. Who you... <laughs> Why do you look so happy about that? Because I love the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the fact that he has got a uh, an animal related food thing, it, I like. Big fan. Big fan. Although, although if I was Mark Zuckerberg, I would do wacky stuff like that all the time. Do you reckon that like that's just a symptom of being a CEO though? This is what one of my things is with the story is like, it's very strange. But when you have that much money and that much power, like you're looking for any kind of control you can get, and I if don't... it's like in killing your own food then i i guess it kind of makes sense let me, let me put it this way seeing as you went after my story socially awkward white guy kills animal for fun okay is it weird i think it's more the means of which he does it and this, the lengths he goes to put it on i want to know what, what the specifics of this laser gun thing like is it actually just a stun gun or, and then he cuts the neck. Or has he got some kind of laser gun that he's developed that with his Facebook That only kills moment? goats. I'm picturing the ray no, gun No, I imagine it kills zombies. other things too, but yeah, Twitter has only seen it with a gun. I reckon Taser. I reckon just stun the animal, cut his throat. I hope not. I hope the Zuck has gone corrupt and starts lasering up it's dem like goats. Like up to like, Star Wars tech. Yeah. yeah. No, the laser wouldn't it would make the goat taste burnt. I think uh, from the... Well, actually, you know, with the Star Wars stuff, it generally cauterizes the wounds, so, like... It'd be like a reverse scene, All right, uh, it? nerds, I have an answer to your question about whether it was a stun gun or a laser gun. It was, uh, in essence, a bit of both. A bit of both. What no, did that come mean? on, come on, so, don't need to get out. You said you had stun an answer gun. for us, yeah. and then... It's a, you it's said, a, it's uh, a answer. It could be anything. Mark Zuckerberg puts a lot of money into research and development, and obviously, because he lives a very sort of high profile, he's a very high profile public figure. He has a lot of stuff that he wouldn't, that we wouldn't necessarily have knowledge of or access to. It's kind of confirmed that Mark Zuckerberg, from other stories along the sort of lines, not necessarily weird dinner dates with Jake, with Jack Dorsey, but it's kind of confirmed that he's had access to sort of high tech weaponry in the sense of self defense. So it's a non lethal sort of stun gun, but it's using lasers. So instead okay. of making Farmville two, he's so Mark Zuckerberg with his money is you know able to get his hands on weird things and if you're in Korea and you had money you can buy thugs to protect your children it's basically hiring the equivalent of a samurai but in for the 21st century right uh samurais are Japanese bro take oh, racism wow. somewhere else I did not say that it was related to the nationality the samurais were employed to protect young that's the link Sort yourself out, mate. Fraser is sure. just looking to uproot anything. <laughs> sure. Jay, if your son was getting bullied, would you hire an uncle? Um, and I what? What? Which? Which uncle would you hire? Which package? I I think I'd get the regular uncle, just because it seems it's basic, it's simple. You know what you're getting with it. The chaperone uncle seems a bit Pathetic. of a waste. Yeah. Um, is it like a cultural thing that that's more embarrassing? I don't you feel know. Like, do you I think feel... yeah. I guess the cultural shame that comes from your ch- children maybe have like a Bad more of a, a ringing yeah, yeah. career yeah, or if, something. But if your dad works at Hyundai and there's just one guy stood out there, your son's a bully. That could be anyone's son. It's like a Hyundai factory. There'll be thousands of employees. I I imagine you know to make it more efficient, they'll actually target these workers and maybe not just stand outside, but they'll make their way in. Because if they can make their way in to schools and take pictures and stuff, 
like they did for the yeah. Also, let's package. talk about how lax yeah. the South Korean system is that they're just letting people in and taking photos to blackmail teachers. There this should be is, a, definitely a PTA. There's a lot. About there's this. a lot wrong with this, and I feel like there might be something kind of fundamental missing, and I don't know what it is. This is what I'm confused about because it's like, is there a cultural barrier that we don't necessarily get because we're trying to translate it? Maybe, over? but it's like it's like legally questionable, but it's also. You know, counter bullying, which is a good thing. So it's kind of like wholesome and I like that you try terrifying to, at the same time. You try <laughs> to present moral quandaries here on Newsmunch, Jay. You <laughs> yeah. know, you're the you're the real you're real making us think here. So Legally, you, so, you, so you condone taking covert pictures of children. No, he's saying he's saying he's saying it's bullying. legally questionable and morally detestable. Which part, bullying or the stalking? The, the stalking. There's no stalking really going on. It's just. Like a watchful eye, like a guardian angel almost. Okay. Yeah, a big bulky except, bloke. Except the guardian angel has, yeah, tats. Well, He's like 6'5 yeah, and then do, blackmails people. Let's do a fun news munch experiment. Jake, you go to a school and take pictures of a kid with a long, long lens camera. And then when somebody asks what you're up to, say, I'm their guardian angel. That's why it doesn't work in the UK. But if you're an uncle, then there's an excuse. Do so you have like uncle passes that you flash to get left alone? Or like... I don't know. But also... They might be gang members, so like you know, uh, how much can you mess with them? There's a lot of the, there's the an oddness, there's an oddness there, and I think it is a very weird story. I just feel like there's something. I I, I just it seems so surreal. It's because we don't quite get it. Yeah, right? something it's because it seems like it's just something we don't get. Bizarre enough that like I, I think what's we're, view, we're viewing it very much through a Western lens here. So it, it look it might be culture, who knows? But something that's very universal. Is getting something <laughs> stuck in your body somewhere, like, like a weird object. Yeah. Brad, explain your story. Just, I just excellent piece of hosting there. Yeah, your segues have been on point today, Jay. Well done. Most of them. I try. Most of them. I'm, One was I'm awful. trying to step up because my throne is being attacked. <laughs> Watch Good. the throne. The, compet- the competition will make you better. I think what's um, interesting is the, the crowns the, in pieces, but there's more in my possession. The twelve, the twelve-year-old Chinese boy in my story. Um, he said that he put them up there from curiosity. And I get putting one up there. I kind of <laughs> get it. Like, I understand putting one up. But 39, that must have been a day's work for him. Do you reckon that he probably, like, only put meant to put the one in, tried getting the second one in, and then <laughs> Slipped. Just, Whoa. And then just, like, <laughs> like, he just was freaking out running around the room and more just kept coming up. I mean, 12-year-olds are famous for the logic. I mean, if you think about it, that's, this is a, someone in the equivalent of Year 7 doing this. But that, that's why I'm like, is it that surprising? That's too much yeah, of a kid focus. You think you'd have this down much. by year seven? You just kind of... I'm not... I mean, it's not something I'd ever do, but yeah, I think sure. kids get inquisitive sometimes and... Oh, just like... They're this, toys, boy. This kid's Play gonna, with them. This kid's going to be growing, growing up to be very repressed. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's, he's he was got... trying to make a Prince Albert. I don't want to know what you mean by that. A Prince Albert is a genital piercing. Mm. Did... I didn't did he, want to know. Did it come out like did they they, they had to have minor invasive surgery okay and it is fixed and he can now urinate thank the lord um at big cost to his social credit score yeah this bloke even though at the age of 12 was wasting time of the, the hospitals because of curiosity with big quote marks although i do love that he had the balls to go in there to be like no i just ate them they just went that way i know if i was that kid i would have done the same yeah i try to lie about it i just mean be like look I'll be honest, Doc. If he's not, not smart enough for me. to not put them up there, then like, it makes sense. I'm not trying to say it. he's going to win the next version of Celebrity Mastermind, mm. but I'm also not saying he's the dunce in the corner. 
This I could mean, happen to any of us. I mean, us. no, it couldn't. No, it right? couldn't, could it? It really couldn't. All I know is I feel very embarrassed because when I was like four, um, <laughs> no, um, I stuck like um, a small piece of metal up my nose for fun. Um, and that got stuck up there. And I still have that talked about with my family. So his family aren't going to let this go for a long time. Cool. So all of you have your pieces of paper. Yes. We're marking out of five story and presentation. Thank you, Fraser, for your enthusiasm. Yes. We'll come back when we have the results. I've got a green pen today. Scores are in, scores are in. In last place is me. Oh. Fourth place, Jay. Sad times. Really? It's a fourth place. Don't does that, say last does place. that mean? Does that mean you give up the show hosting rights? Yeah. No, this is mean. Wasn't that a rule? This means decided. the hosting is the only thing I have. <laughs> um, in third place is Fraser. Fair. Wait, what? Nah, come on. <laughs> I didn't. Mate, I don't. I don't. I do one set of the scores. <laughs> I don't decide. We <laughs> just going for your crown. In second place is. Brad, meaning yeah. that what? this week's winner is Dylan. I think we should clap because we have too much of a precedence of not clapping and it sounds weird. Yeah, so. just count. Okay. I'll take it. Fair enough. Sweet. I want it to be noted on the podcast that uh, Fraser refused to clap, I assume in... <laughs> for the Protest. record, I abstained. Outro. Anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> That's it. That's all there is. That's to it. it. That's the show. That's, that's it. That's, that's the show. The, that's, that's the, the season. Show. That's how it's over. There's never anything else. Why do you keep expecting more? Like you keep coming back to listen to weird Did you news. Say season over. Season is over. We're done. It's, <laughs> it's done. It's this done. Is the last episode. It's yeah. done. And in a bit, the, there'll be the music, and then I'll say, you know, good Thank on you, you for guys listening. for coming. Yeah, hey, all that th- yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, checks in the mail, pal. Cheers, guys. But seriously though, thanks for listening. Thank you, really nice. Thank you for listening. Fight for us to KIC awards. I abstain from thanking our guests. You have been listening to News Munch. This episode was broadcast on CSR FM. To tune in live, listen to csrfm.com. All our jingles and music are made by Manav Kerr. And if you like this episode, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Thank you very much for listening.